Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Ma, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle. If you guys have questions for John, text them in right now, 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Boy, it's a well, this is a rough day for oh. uh, for the COVID situation in the NFL. I'm seeing seven teams right now in what they're calling the enhanced protocol situation mm-hmm. what what's the difference between that and, and i guess regular protocol well the enhanced basically i mean you're in zoom meetings uh you may have to close the facility all those different things uh but uh you know the, the meeting schedule has to be there they you know you, you still wonder about practice and everything like that and so you know there's different adjustments that teams have to make but again it's like what if uh I know it's 37 yesterday. There's more than 25 today. I mean, it, it is a spread throughout the National Football League. And then you even have the Rams now. They're up to seven players on the COVID list. Well, they had uh, nine today. Oh, nine now? Yeah, nine, eight in addition to Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. Okay. Who played last night. You have to wonder if they knew that. Yeah, and of course, if you're Arizona, you've got to be upset about that. Because, yeah. again, it's like, uh, you know, because they had the two. And then all the ones added today... Yeah, they obviously, you know, were, you know, were positive tests, and all these are, by the way, are positive tests. It's not like there was a uh, close contact. Close contact. Or, now, again, yeah. Tyler Higby. It turns out he missed the game, but he had a false positive, so he should be available. You don't know about Jalen Ramsey, but uh, it, it is a mess right now for teams. I mean, Cleveland had to put eight down on the COVID list. It's a, it's amazing. Well, how pissed would you be if you missed a game because of a false positive? Yeah. That's got to be frustrating for him. But as far as, John, I mean, you know, if it's like Jacksonville, I yeah. mean, uh, that's one thing. Does it Urban really Meyer. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. But uh, what, as far as, uh, you know, the good teams, who is it going to affect, besides the Rams, who, who's being affected the most as far as, you know, playoff implications and things like that? Well, I mean, the Rams are obviously affected. Certainly Cleveland's affected. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of bad teams. I know Detroit has a bunch. But, uh, I mean. Falcons. Falcons. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of, you know, fighting for that last wild card spot, even though they're not all that good. You know, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're battling it. But, I mean, again, it's just amazing to think there's this many. And, again, we're not even through the week yet. And so it's like uh, it's only going to possibly increase. Yeah. As far as the Rams go, I mean, I guess we'll find out by the end of the week who's available and who's not. Yeah. But, boy, Dave and I were just talking about they they looked really good and explosive on, you know, I mean, you, you know the stars. You know Eric yeah. Donald is always going to be a problem. But just, just looking at Cooper Cup and, and what he does and the, and the connection that he's got with Matthew Stafford, that's a scary team when they're at full strength. And, again, no not knowing how close to full strength they'll be this weekend. But that seems to be a tall order for the Seahawks. Yeah, it does. But, again, it's like uh, you know, you're pulled down just like you saw with San Francisco and injuries. I mean, you're pulled down by injuries. Now you're pulled down by COVID-19, and you don't know how it's going to affect you. I mean, could you imagine if the Rams had to play the Cardinals, you know, down as many players as they are now? Hmm. Yeah. Hey, John, I was looking at the, the minority coaching list yeah. uh, for, for next year, and 
You know, two guys, one that's really interesting to me is, uh, well, first of all, Todd Bowles, who's mm-hmm. the D coordinator for Tampa Bay, and Byron Leftwich. i got to believe as long as Tom Brady is there that he's going to campaign as hard as he possibly can to keep him there. But I didn't realize this. Byron Leftwich is only 41 years old. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, I mean, do you think those guys are going to – hang around same thing with eric Bieniemy. i mean you know you're in a really good spot i don't know how badly those guys want to get head coaches coaching jobs i know they can that's for sure but um you know as far as where they are right now i just wonder if you know they're just they're just happy being where they are no i think they're all looking to get head coaching jobs i mean particularly Bieniemy because like again, in the very near future uh yeah i mean the enemy will want one next year and yeah. So it's like uh, you, you can see that one. And I would have to think if Leftwich gets offered, he would take it. There's no doubt that, uh, I mean, you can see uh, the defensive coordinator being able to go too. So, you know, it's like uh, you, know, you, you want a chance if you can to coach. Now, there may not be as many openings. Now, I, I think there'll probably be five or six. Uh, but uh, it, And it depends on the teams. Because, again, when you look at the teams, you know, it's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys shaky. I mean, you wonder about the New York Giants and Joe Judge. I mean, I had to do a column today for the Washington Post and projecting, uh, you know, who's on the hot seat and all that. I did have to put Pete Carroll on the hot seat, but I said that he's not going to get fired. Hey, you bring up the Giants, and I saw that yeah. uh, Saquon Barkley, who they, they picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah. Um, he, he threw his support behind Joe Judge, wants him back. But what – what do you think the future looks like for Barkley? Do they give him a big deal? I mean, that that position we've talked about how how quickly guys can fade, and he's already dealt with injuries mm-hmm. and missed a number of games. What what do you think happens with him in terms uh, of an extension? Kind of put it like in the same boat as uh, Baker Mayfield. I think you have to go short term until he shows he can be healthy. You know, and of course, in Mayfield, you know, he has you know they go short term until he proves to be that good. And so it's like, uh, you know, you, you, I don't think you want to give, you know, fourteen, fifteen million dollar contract to a guy that's missed as many games as Barkley, even though he's that talented. Now, of course, I mean, what's going to be a complication is there's a good chance that Jacob Gettleman is going to get either fired or retire the general manager. So you're going to have a change in uh, bosses there, and that could affect things. But overall, I think that uh, you, you got to go year to year as opposed to go on a long term deal. Yeah, hey John, I was looking at uh, it was um, I think it's uh, David Carr's mm-hmm. um, Pro Bowl list and Justin Herbert. You know, there there was a, a little bit of disappointment in there for, for a while, but uh, they have him as Josh Allen number one as far as the AFC goes, and then Justin Herbert. What do you what do you made of uh, of Justin Herbert? He's been great, absolutely great. I mean, because he's got the strong arm. I mean, he's able to bring the team from behind when necessary. If he needs to run, he can run. He can do it all. And here he is in his second year doing great things. And he's got this team at least in the wild card hunt right now. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, you know, he's he's right up there right now with the good young quarterbacks. Yeah, I have to say, you know, his ability to run, mm-hmm. I guess just because, you know, he's six foot six, 235. But, I mean, yeah, he's he's really done a good job with his legs as well. Making oh, no good question. decisions, too. Yeah, no question. I mean, he, he really is good. And, uh, you know, it still makes you wonder. It's like uh, as much as Miami wanted Tua and got Tua, did they make a mistake in not going for Justin Herbert? All I know, I did a story, uh, you know, with the general manager 
uh, Tom Telesco down in the Chargers last year, and everything went perfect because he anticipated that uh, you know Tua was going to go to Miami, no other quarterback was going to go, and he was going to get Justin Herbert, and that's exactly what he wanted. And look at the success they've had. John the four two five asking, could you please ask the professor who is the who are the leading candidates for the coaching position? in Jacksonville next year. And we saw that Shad Khan came out and said, you know, hey, I'm not going to make any rash decisions here. And then, But there was, a, there was a quote in the in the middle of the story that made me believe he's done at the end of the year because he was talking about, hey, you know, uh, Marone was here for four years and this guy was here for four years. but And then he's, he pointed out, well, the circumstances are a little different that they're dealing yeah. with right now, which to me said, okay, he's – Urban Meyer's done when the, when the season's over. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But let's let's play the hypothetical as much as I know you hate that, John. Yeah. And say that Urban Meyer is gone. Who would who would be the leading candidate for Jackson? Would have no, don't have an idea. I mean, because again, it's like uh, you know, you know they they're the ones that took Urban Meyer at the expense of their team, and so it's like uh, I don't know what. They probably will take some kind of an offensive coach. That would be my guess because you want to do the best you can to get Trevor Lawrence back on track because you know he's completely now doing horrible with Urban Meyer as a head coach and you know the the loser coaches that they have on the staff. Which of course that <laughs> <laughs> those are his words, John. Not I yours. know. Yeah, yeah. It's like a loser coaches, which includes Brian Schottenheimer and uh, you know. You know, it's like it's, Nick Sorensen's there. Yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Is there any chance he survives it? Do you no, think? no way. All right. Well, because I mean, think about what ends up happening. How are you going to sign free agents? How are you going to get assistant coaches if he fires some of the loser uh, assistants on the staff? And the players don't like him. I mean, again, I still think the amazing thing was when uh, you know the Rams played him. And, of course, the Jaguars were complaining. It's like, yeah, he doesn't treat us like adults. And that's exactly what I thought would happen because that's what happens when you bring a pure college coach over because he's used to bossing around teenagers, not necessarily adults. And so now uh, he doesn't treat them like adults. He teaches them like uh, teenagers, and they don't like it. Yeah, how about that? Grown men who are making lots of money don't like being bossed around like little kids. That's Mm -hmm. weird. Go figure that one. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the opposite of Urban Meyer, John, uh, coach of the year this year. Uh, AFC, NFC, have you kind of, you know, we, we thought Pete has gotten screwed yeah. in that deal in the past, but uh, Not this as far year. as good coaching, yeah, good coaching jobs this year, John, what do you think? Well, I mean, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, although they're starting to struggle of late, I think he has to be right up at the top. And even Bill Belichick, who I think right now should yeah. be the favorite, Belichick should be the favorite. He says that it should go to Cliff Kingsbury, but that's, of course, you know, Belichick being political, which is kind of different for Bill, Bill Belichick. But, uh, no, I think right now it should be Bill Belichick. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. The other one I would say, though, yeah. is uh, even though I know he's already hyped up and everything, is um, uh, the Rams coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Yeah. Because, you know, we were talking about this earlier, Bob and I, that he lost his defensive coordinator to go to San Diego. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, that, that was a huge loss. He lost a bunch of stuff. And then making the trade from Goff to Stafford, you didn't really know whether that was going to work out. I mean, look, I know you still got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and, and Floyd and all that. But still, there was, there was a lot of, you know, they lost Cam Akers early on. I don't know, man. I, I feel like he's done a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, he has. Agreed. Yeah. He's Would he be, be second to, to Belichick, maybe? 
No, I'd say right now you still got to go with uh, Kingsbury. You know, K- Kingsbury because yeah. you know Cliff. You know Cliff has. You know, they've got a one-game lead over the Rams, and sure they lost last night, but remember they went to the Rams and won that game on the road. What, what about Matt Lafleur in there? Because that, be that, that was an ugly situation in the offseason, oh, yeah. and you know. Bringing the team together and, and finding a way to keep it together with Aaron Rodgers. You know, mm-hmm. the story was he was telling people not to come there and telling people he's not going to resign and, you know, doing nothing to help them bring in talent. <laughs> so, I mean, that that seemed a pretty destructive situation. They've now turned into a 10-3 and team at this point. Oh, yeah. No, I think that, you know, he's got to have some considerations, too, uh, because, again, I mean, he's done such a, a good job. And I guess the biggest thing is, you know, what they've done on defense because their defense turned out to be better than anybody anticipated. Mm. All right, John, uh, the 206 asking, what happens if uh, the Rams have to forfeit due to COVID? Uh, you know, the Seahawks will get a win, but, of course, uh, you they know, don't get paid. They don't get paid. Nobody gets paid. Nobody gets that paid. So That is so st- – So Russell Wilson will lose a big check. So will yeah. Bobby Wagner. So yep. will, yeah. yeah, and you're like, well, wait a minute. I did everything right. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that to me is dumb. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the National Football League. The Seahawks well, this week, zero COVID mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. You one, know, it, one this season. One. One. Yeah. yeah. And you know who I would blame on that, John, is the Players Association, man. They got to get on top of that. That, mm-hmm. that, is, that to me is so ridiculously unfair. And especially for the Seahawks, you know, we know, and, you know, I'm not just saying them, other teams, I'm sure, are doing a good job as well with it. But the Seahawks have been particularly dedicated to it. And, you know, the, the the fact that they would just randomly lose that because of another team, yeah, that to me doesn't make any sense at all. I agree. And I feel like they're, the Players Association needs to be taken to task on this. Uh, I agree because, again, it's like, uh, you know, you, you're not, you're, you don't play this game to lose checks. And, sure, if you get a forfeit, then, of course, why should the team that gets the win have to not get paid? Don't get it. John, I was I was seeing a headline about Dak Prescott. The, the six games since he's been back, eight touchdowns, six interceptions, and uh, Jerry Jones apparently came out and said, "Yeah, I think it's fair to say he's in a slump." What do, mm-hmm. what's happening out there in Dallas, and is Dak taking the brunt of the of the criticism, or is this should be spread around? How do you see things? In no, Dallas? I think he takes the brunt of the criticism. I mean, certainly his having his two running backs all nicked up that hasn't helped. But he's got three great great, great receivers, and particularly Amari Cooper's come back. And, uh, you know, so it's like uh, you know, they, they, they should do better. I mean, their offensive line's still good, but I think he is in a slump. Hey, John, uh, how about the job that Scott Fitter is doing out in uh, Carolina? They're 5-8, and eight, but uh, what's sort of uh, for his initial year there, the feeling there in Carolina? It's a tough one. Well, because, again, it's like, uh, you know, David Tepper, the owner, he is one that uh, – you know, Isn't I, he the richest owner? He's the in richest the owner, NFL. and of course, he came from one of the rough neighborhoods, like six miles away from my rough neighborhood. Oh uh, and so it's like, and it's amazing. He went to Carnegie Mellon and did all this stuff. But I think that uh, you know, he, I think he did a good job of assembling talent, but it just hasn't worked out. That's why you kind of wonder: Is David Tepper going to take something with Matt Rule? Because again, you know, David's impatient. He wants to win, and he wants to win now. Remember, they traded for Sam Darnold. You don't hear from him. You know, they have Cam Newton. He's not been very good. And so, you know, they keep on benching Newton and bringing back, uh, you know, P.J. Walker. So it's like uh, that hasn't worked out. You know, you got Christian McCaffrey 
out for the rest of the season. And now he tested positive today for COVID-19. And so it's like, but it wasn't going to change his status because he was done for the year. But, yeah, they've, they've lost a lot. Okay, so he played, gosh, I didn't even follow Christian McCaffrey. He played seven games this mm-hmm. year. So, I mean, at least it was better than last year. But still, that's that's 10 games in yeah. two years paying him, what, $32 million. What well, 16, was his, I mean, $16 million a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so what is, uh, what's his... Um, you know, uh, injury in his status right now. Well, I mean, he's on injured reserve. I think it was an ankle injury or something like that. And so it's like, uh, you know, he's, he'll be back next year. But, again, you don't know for how many games. Yeah. Jeez. Hey, John, what, what do you make of this? The Washington Post put out a story on the Washington football team and, more importantly, the, the lawyers and investigators uh, allegedly engaging in behavior that can be characterized as attempted interference with the investigation uh, conducted by attorney Beth Wilkinson. And, and it just, you know, shady business talking mm-hmm. about that, you know, they, they apparently had a settlement with a, a woman who, who was being represented who received $1.6 and then they uh, apparently tried to offer her more money beyond the original settlement if she agreed not to speak about her allegations or the settlement. Uh, I mean, it just, this shady behavior behind them. We've talked about this before that, yeah, John Gruden became the face of it even though he's got nothing to do with Washington football team. He certainly said things that were deserving of criticism and everything that came with it. But the idea that the Washington football team came out of this thing after 650,000 emails were out there and everything completely unscathed is, mm-hmm. is just head-scratching beyond yeah, belief. I agree. I so mean, will something happen now? or what do you? Who knows? I mean, probably not because owners protect owners, and it seems like they're protecting Daniel Snyder. I mean, he got a, a $10, $10 million fine, and that's been about it. <clears throat> and he had... To you know, move out of the front—not out of the front office—but he had to you know lose control of the decision making. But of course, he hasn't. He gave it to his wife. So who's <laughs> making the decisions? You know, Daniel Snyder. Yeah. All right, John. We've got some six and seven teams here in the NFC. Believe it or not, there's five of them: mm-hmm. Falcons, Falcons, Saints, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Washington Football Team. If you ask me. Minnesota, probably mm-hmm. the most solid one there. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, their defense is so bad, and they're, they're getting a lot of COVID cases too. And so uh, you wonder how they can sustain it. But, I mean, here you have Mike Zimmer, who's on the hot seat, and his defense you know, ranks you know, like, uh, you know, in the low 20s or in the mid-20s. And so that's stunning. And then, of course, uh, like today, Daniil Hunter – he ends up getting a positive COVID test, so he's going to miss some time. And, you know, their left tackle, he, he gets a test. And so, yeah, there's a lot of issues right now with Minnesota. And now it's becoming the same thing with Washington. You know, they're, they've lost a lot as far as COVID-19. So all these teams are being affected by it, and it's going to affect how these teams are going to play down the stretch. John, who are you, you talked about coaches on the hot seat that yeah. you, you wrote about. Who are some of the other names you threw out there again? You, obviously, Urban Meyer, yeah. you've got out there. You, you mentioned Pete Carroll. Who were who were some of the well, other? Well, Matt Nagy, he's going to get fired without question. <laughs> I think Joe Judge is in trouble. Uh, you kind of wonder about Matt Rule. I think he should be okay, as it's Pete Carroll should be okay. So you can see that, that, that could be – I think they're going to stand by David Culley with the uh, Houston Texans for one more year. But, I mean, he has to be on the hot seat. Uh, but, uh, you know, overall – it's it, it should be about four or five changes this year as opposed to the seven this past year. Yeah, how about the job Coley has done? I mean, kind of, you know. Well, they're uh, terrible. 
Yeah, but I mean, he could sort of ride the ship down there as far as the culture goes and yeah. stuff. I'm not saying he's Ron Rivera or anything, but at least uh, it just seems like there's not as much buffoonery coming out of Houston. Mm, no, not really. But again, I mean, not not, not in the, from the standpoint of like uh, you know bad news and stuff that's going off negative off the field. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed. I think it is, he's t- he's done a good job controlling the team. It's just a matter that they're just not good enough to win, and that's not his fault. That's the fault of the front office. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk again tomorrow. All right, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at seven ten sports. Coming up, the Kraken are at a pivotal point of their season. We'll weigh in on their key stretch. That is coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.